You are listening to the Grace Church of Bampton podcast. This week's sermon by Pastor Jelmer Gronewald covers 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, and is entitled, Jesus Will Overcome. Thanks for listening. Well, it's good to be with you today, and before I start the message formally, we're jumping in on some stories this week and next week from the prophet Elisha. Now, there are a lot of parallels between Elijah and Elisha and John the Baptist and Jesus. Elijah, like John the Baptist, was alone in his ministry. He did start a few schools of the prophets, about which we just read. But overall, he single-handedly was used by God to try to bring God's people back under wicked king Jezebel or Ahab and his queen Jezebel. But Elisha came and like Jesus lived among the people and he did a number of miracles and even gave advice to the king. And in that way, he pointed ahead to Jesus just like Elijah pointed ahead to John the Baptist. So we're turning to a few stories And uh, I don't know, will the other passages be on the screen? Okay, so I'll be reading from a a little different version, uh, but feel free to keep your Bibles open and follow along because we'll go to the end of chapter 4 and then we'll move to chapter uh, 6. Is it okay to ask Jesus to help you find a lost puppy? Is it okay in the airport when it looks like you're not going to make your connection to pray that you might still make it? Is it okay to ask Jesus to provide that belt at the shop that you so much need to get that combine going and hoping there's at least one left? Is it okay to pray that the Lord might add that other $3,000 so you could go to college or vocational school? What do you think? Is that okay? I hear some, see some nodding. A few years ago, I would have said to you, be cautious. You know, God is a big God and he's very busy. He's got lots to do. He's got this whole universe to manage. Do you really think he cares about our nickel and dime needs? Well, what I've discovered, not only from the Sermon on the Mount, but these passages we're going to look at, is that God is so big that he cares about the details. We see that now as Elisha is confronted by a number of challenges that need to be overcome, and most of them are are things we might say are too small, too detailed for God. But we have to realize that our God is so large, so huge, so so almighty that he's able to deal with details even as he uh, deals with huge issues in our world. So we look at several circumstances. One was pretty serious. It's that first one we just read about. And we see that our Lord can overcome the injustices of others. There was a sign over 
Canaan, over the land that God has given his people. There shall be no hungry among you. And that included widows and orphans and strangers who had no, no place yet in the land of God's promises. Yet something was dreadfully wrong right now in Canaan. There was a famine. There was hardly any food, and the food that was available was very, very high-priced. And that was because the majority of God's people had voted for Baal. The god Baal promised to fill your refrigerators with food and put grain in the fields. But God stepped in and overruled the majority. And so there was a famine. And it really hit the poorest of the poor. And this widow was very poor because she had been married to one of the seminarians, one of the people training to be a prophet, a preacher, who was being trained by Elisha. But her husband had died. And she was left with two little boys. And no one would help her. No one would give her money. There was no social security in these days. And so she had to borrow from one of the wealthier church members. But it was a short-term loan. And as our story begins, that loan is almost due. What, what could she do? Curl up with her sons and die while cursing that wealthy man? No, she did what we often do. She turned to the Lord's helper, the one who represented Jesus Christ already, way back in the Old Testament. Elisha was his name, which means my God saves, or my God is salvation. And so we do what this woman did in our desperate need. She called upon her savior. And he listened to her, and he heard her cry. And then he called her to do something very silly, crazy, foolish. He told her to do something that you could only do by faith. He told her to take that. Well, he asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, all I have left is enough oil to maybe make two or three loaves of bread. That's all. Well, he said, take that oil and send your boys to the neighbors and ask them for every single jar that they have, every pot, mayonnaise jar, peanut butter jar, water pot, bring them all here into your house. That sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Foolish, because as you said, that little bit of oil couldn't fill even these jars. There was not enough oil. But God was at work through Elisha. So she did what Elisha said. She began to pour oil into all these jars. Wonder what the neighbors thought. That maybe that was hardest of all for her. Wouldn't it be embarrassing to send your children out for all these jars when they know you've got nothing in the house? 
But that's what she did. She believed in her Savior. And suddenly she had a whole house full of oil. The Lord provided. Mother Teresa was once asked, why are the poorest of the poor, those who are called uh, the untouchables, so receptive to the gospel of Jesus? And th this is what she said. When Jesus is all you've got, you discover that Jesus is all you need. My parents immigrated from the Netherlands many, many years ago in the late 40s when there wasn't much in the Netherlands. But suddenly my mom had to have major surgery and my dad was very sick and they really knew no one. But a Christian couple realized their need and took them in and took care of them until my dad could find a job and, and get going. But here again, the Lord uh, provided. The Lord was able to give and multiply a meager resource like this woman had. The Lord can also overcome the mistakes, the little mistakes made by others that affect our lives. In the days of Elijah, there were schools of the prophets, uh, seminaries, if you will. There were three different ones uh, located throughout uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. And Elisha would lecture in these. But again, because they were at the marginal end of support, even though there were 7,000 faithful in Israel, and these were some of them, uh, they still shared God's judgment upon the rest of the country. And they suffered even more because they didn't have a lot, even like many seminarians today. But it's in 2 Kings 4 that we read, uh, let's go to verse uh, 38. And there Elisha was lecturing, and yet he knew his uh, charges were hungry. Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. While the company of the prophets was meeting with him, he said to his servant, put on the large pot and cook some stew for these prophets. One of them went out into the fields to gather herbs and found a wild vine and picked as many of its gourds as his garment could hold. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, Man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat it. Elisha said, Get some flour. He put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Imagine that you really haven't had a square meal for the whole week, and as Elisha's teaching you, you smell the aroma of that big pot of stew that he had his servant cook up, and you can't wait to eat. But then, as these men who he had taught were beginning to eat their stew, they all said in one voice, man of God, there's poison here, there's death in this pot. Suddenly, 
they're unable to eat. One of the seminarians just wanted to help. It was a mistake. In ignorance, he cut up these gourds that were poisonous, but in the process ruined the best meal he and they would have. When finances were tight, you may have tried to get out of them in unique ways that just made things worse. I know more than one couple over the years who trying to get under tremendous credit card debt, uh, got a low APR card, but in six months were paying even more interest than they had thought earlier. When facing an issue with our kids, perhaps we have all, I know we have, uh, done the wrong thing. The discipline we used backfired, and it hurt us more than it hurt our kids. Maybe they didn't believe that, but it really did. One mistake on a given day could be deadly. It, it doesn't have to be, but it could be. But our Savior really does care. And Elisha really did care. We see how much by the action that Elisha took. Elisha calls for flour. Now, there was nothing magic about that flour. But God used that flour to pull the poison out. And then Elisha could say, eat up. There's plenty. You know, it, it may be the Lord provides a financial management program that reflects Proverbs. It, it may be that someone walks alongside of you and helps you out in this financial uh, crisis. You may even receive a check in the mail that covers some of your major expenses. A, a parenting DVD might be the answer. Or a, a grandma in church who has a good track record of discipline. She can help you perhaps figure things out. I still remember a pastor friend of mine uh, in another state. He was talking with a colleague from a Baptist church. And this Baptist pastor said, you know, when I came here, it was a mistake. There were the wrong motives for me coming to this church. But thanks be to God, he overcomes our mistakes. And he did in this pastor's case. Our Lord does overcome injustices that come our way. And he does provide, even when others make mistakes that impact our lives. And he can overcome the harvests that are poor. We continue at verse 42. A man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread. And he, he had to come from quite a long ways, so he baked bread so that uh, he could travel with that. And he also took along some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men? His servant asked. But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat 
for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. In days when God was honored by his people, they would bring the first fruits to the temple, to the priests. But now the only place where God was represented and where God was honored and God spoke to his people was through Elisha. So this farmer brought his harvest, but it was a meager harvest. He brought uh, 20 loaves of barley and, and some grain in a bag, but those seven loaves of barley, or those 20 loaves of barley, were only able to feed about seven people, which reflects how meager his harvest was. In the Talmud, the Jewish teachers taught that the first fruits should be 1 60th of your crop. So if you do the math, the barley harvest he was bringing, the first fruits he was bringing, would only represent the fact that he had 160 days of barley that could feed one person for those 160 days. Yet in amazing gratitude to God that there was a harvest, he brought these, these 20 loaves to the Lord. And then Elisha turns to his servant, he says, uh, feed these 100 men. And the servant says what Jesus' disciples said. How, how can we feed 100 people with just seven, or 20 loaves? But Elisha said exactly what Jesus said when Jesus was preparing to feed thousands with just a few loaves of bread, three loaves of bread and two fish. He said, feed the people and there will be food left over. And that's exactly what happened here. Food was left over. And so it continues today. To those who are faithful, Jesus continues to stretch what is meager to be sufficient for our needs. Uh, those of you who are farmers have had lean years where their harvests really didn't produce what you had hoped. And yet the Lord provided in unexpected ways. There might have been an account you forgot about and it, it came due. The crop was sufficient to meet your needs and even to bring gifts of gratitude to church here. It may again have been someone else helping you out, loaning you what you needed for next year's uh, crops. The Lord provided. That multiplication probably has come to all of us in lean years. Uh, I know when we were in seminary, uh, we couldn't afford the 350 a month that was the going rate for apartments in fairly safe areas. But then through the work I had during the summer, someone offered us their uh, adequate apartment for $100 a month, paying utilities. And so even though we could not afford the uh, 350, 
the Lord provided the same kind of place for $100. And for four years, they never raised our rent. And so that was a marvelous way in which God stretched our income. There were times we said, oh, we have enough to take care of ourselves. And the Lord shrank that with a fender bender and the deductible took our surplus. And so uh, we need to be grateful for when the Lord keeps his promises and yet trust in him and not in ourselves when the surpluses come. At la lastly, the Lord can overcome the mistakes that you and I make. And we see that now as we, if we go to chapter 6 and the first seven verses there. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to meet. So let's build a bigger classroom. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. One common definition of an accident is an unexpected happening causing loss or injury which is not due to any fault or misconduct on the part of the person injured. That's exactly what happened as this young student was chopping with his axe near the Jordan River where the trees were, like we have trees along the rivers usually and not anywhere else unless you plant them. Well, they were chopping a tree and his axe head flew off into the bottom of the Jordan River. Now this axe head was made of iron and iron was extremely precious, uh, more precious than a fine stainless steel instrument that we might use. And so he did what we can do. When a puppy gets lost, when an airplane connection doesn't look like what's going to happen, when it seems that there's no parts available and our crop is waiting to be harvested, when it seems like we won't be able to go to college this year because the finances aren't there. He called for help. He called for help to God's designated Savior. And Elisha was there on the scene. He asked in detail where the axe was and was told. And he took a stick. Again, a simple means. So there's nothing magic in the stick. It wasn't a magnet. But because God's power was working through Elisha, he was able to do a miracle again. And that stick floated over the water right where the axe was, and the axe head came up. Just a minor detail. Just an axe head which would not be able to be afforded by the student who had no money. 
but the Lord cared so much that he provided. We're told in Matthew 10 that not one sparrow falls without our Father seeing it and caring, that every hair of our head is numbered. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 that we simply have to seek first his Father's will for us and his rule and allow the details like food and clothing to be provided without our worry. So it is that axe heads are restored, puppies are often found, connections are made, and when college loomed high, God provided. Again, the Lord does care. Even when there's a delay, there might be a reason. One of the farmers from Sunnyside a number of years ago went to Afghanistan to talk with some of the growers there to switch from opium to something else. He spent three weeks there, and then when he was ready to go home, he was told no plane was leaving for another three days. A delay, for sure. But during that delay, his prayers were answered. He had been praying that he might be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with some Muslim families. Well, he was invited to three different Muslim families and could share the gospel with them. So that delay was used by the Lord to do much more than he could have expected. Which leads us to the fact that our God, because of what Christ has done on the cross, is not only interested in helping us with the huge issues of life, but with the little details that we might say, oh, God wouldn't care. Remember, the Lord not only prayed, asked us to pray to our Father to seek first his kingdom and to forgive our sins so that we can forgive the sins of others, but he also asked us to pray for our daily bread. Give us this day, today, our daily needs. What a wonderful Savior we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast from Grace Church of Mabton. For more information, visit our website at mabtongbc.org.